Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Charlie Long in studio, and on our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line, Wilson Alexander covering LSU football for the Advocate Times, NOLA.com. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us and that uh, big sigh of relief from many people in Baton Rouge and LSU fans all over was. And we had heard a lot of rumors, the possibility some team might try to snag Garrett Nussmeyer away, uh, him making the announcement that he would stay at LSU. And this sort of gives you, uh, I don't want to say the bridge, but it certainly lengthens the time now with some stability as a backup and your eventual starter in 2024, but if something would ever happen to Jaden, you got a guy that has taken some snaps. It's not like the situation that happened before uh, when you had with Max and TJ Finley, who hadn't played. They were true freshmen. I think that that's big news for the LSU football program and for Brian Kelly. LSU's quarterback room is in really good shape for the next probably four to five years if everything kind of holds up because you've got Jaden Daniels who started this year. You've got Garrett Nussmeyer, um, who, though he could leave, you know, after the next season, um, you know, maybe he has, you know, three years of eligibility left if he, uh, you know, if he wants them. And then Ricky Collins is right now a freshman on campus, kind of learning the ropes and getting used to things. And then Colin Hurley, they've got committed, you know, he was a five-star player uh, in the 2025 class, and then he reclassified to 2024. And so he's not ranked as high, but he was still, you know, highly regarded quarterback. And, you know, so now you're looking at really sort of a line all the way down through those guys. And LSU's already, you know, going after highly rated five, uh, 2025 quarterbacks. They really think set up well. And Garrett Nussmeyer is a, a crucial link in that because if he did transfer, then LSU would have needed to bring in a transfer most likely next season um, because Ricky is so young. And Colin would have just been getting here after reclassifying. He'd been extremely young. Um, but now you've got so much stability, like you said, and longevity at that position that LSU is set up really quite well um, because Garrett is wanting to stick around. Now, uh, you know, Wilson, uh, I talked to Mike about this. Uh, I might have mentioned it to you. But but I think uh, this is like a bold statement uh, that when Coach Kelly said, uh, I think uh, that being Jane Daniels could be the best quarterback in the country, there's no doubt. I mean, I look at Caleb Williams at USC. I'm like, uh, I like that he has that kind of confidence. But uh, with him making that statement, well, I'm saying like, well, hell yes, we got the best quarterback in the, a- the SEC. 
with Jane Daniels. If Coach Kelly's going to make that statement. Definitely the best quarterback and the returning quarterback, I should say, at right. least in the SEC. Going into the season, there's no one else who, with his kind of experience and who has produced at the level that he has, um, you know, already and during his career within the league. Across the country, yeah, Caleb Williams, Drake May, there's some other quarterbacks who could challenge for that title, certainly. But, you know, it's, you know, as a coach, Brian Kelly is going to stump for his player. Um, but it's also just, a, I think, a really uh, telling sort of boat of confidence from Brian Kelly. Um, because he said going into the spring that he wanted Jaden Daniels to improve in a few areas. It was, you know, get stronger, to increase the weight to his body, push the ball downfield, um, and just continue to grow as a passer with his command of the offense and as a leader. And it sounds like Jaden showed Brian Kelly all those things during the spring. And now it's just spring practice. He's got to continue that during the preseason. Then actually during, you know, games themselves, continue to do those things under pressure. Um, but Brian Kelly liked what he saw out of his quarterback there during the spring. Um, he is the no doubt starter, and they believe that he can really take this leap to be one of those best quarterbacks, not only in the SEC, but in the country this season, if he continues on the trajectory that they see right now. Wilson, when you look at the defensive line, that there's still a concern for me there. One, you can't have Makai Wingo play all them snaps at the nose. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, he, uh, people don't get. Uh, just how great a performance he put on last year. I mean, thank God that if you didn't get him, you were in real trouble uh, because he played so many quality snaps at that nose tackle. You didn't have much behind him, and now this spring you see the development of uh, Jacobian uh, Guillory at that spot. Hopefully, we'll get Mason back and he can play out uh, a little bit out on the edge. And he's he's worked really hard on his techniques uh, to get better, playing a little bit lower with a little bit of leverage skills. And it's just, you know, when you look at Mason, a lot of times you say, "Man, that dude is skinny. How can he be three hundred pounds?" But you you see that upper body torso of his and say, "Yeah, okay." You can see why he, it almost sort of comes straight down with him because of the way he's built. But he's got a huge torso with him and, and a big wingspan. How big of that concern for you uh, along that defensive line? Because if there's any real question marks on this team, because you can look at the secondary, I think that'll kind of battle yes, itself for out. Sure. But defensive line, you got to have the rotation, you got to have people there. That for me is the big question mark on this team, especially you losing Jaquil and Roy to the NFL, not having that, and you know again question marks hopefully mason can come back to be healthy wingo was unbelievable last year you can't ask him to take all those snaps again that's why guillory's development in the spring i think was so important well and uh wilson i want you to elaborate on what mike's saying and that uh, i look at parish and uh the junior i mean here's a guy that comes over from arizona wildcat he's a transfer jalen uh, lee uh, i mean uh, uh, ty g hill uh, fitzgerald west um uh, I don't know. Uh, Coach Kelly said, look, we feel really good about where we're at on the defensive line. So you look at uh, now, you, uh, you know, you never plan for injuries, but you look at Mason Smith and Wingo and the guys that are going to be part of that rotation. Well, what is your take when you look at that, like Mike said, the interior uh, of the defensive line? I don't think my concern level is maybe as high as Mike's is right at, at this point for a few reasons. Um, I can see, understand maybe why you have that concern, but for, for me, it's, there's so much more depth than there was a year ago. Like you said, 
Makai Wingo played just an absurd number of snaps, and so did uh, Jacqueline Roy. Yeah. And now LSU's got theoretically more players to fit into that and actually have a rotation. Kobe and Guillory really didn't play a whole lot in crucial moments last year. No, he he looks like he's taken a next step in order to be able to contribute. Jordan Jefferson, although he didn't practice this spring, uh, you know, he's a kind of a he's a defensive tackle. I'm not sure if he's exactly a nose or if he's more be more of like a three tech, but he is somebody who they really believe in after the amount of snaps that he's played at West Virginia. Parashan comes in and he's somebody who maybe is able to fit into the rotation to some degree. And then of course Mason Smith, as long as he's healthy, he's a presumed starter. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's maybe more fascinating to see how they're going to fit all that together because Mikhail Wingo isn't really a nose guard either, I don't think. He's about he's a little bit undersized, you know, I think, to maybe be a nose guard. And he's split out at times, even to defensive end last year, um, when LSU would get really creative on that front. And so uh, my concern level isn't as high just because there are so many more options than they had a year ago. And you've, you've got Mikhail Wingo coming back as a proven guy. And you've got, you know, you know what you, Mason Smith can be if he's healthy and he still remains on track to be a full participant in preseason camp. It was so good to see that he was actually participating in real football drills, um, even though it was mostly individual work and, you know, hitting up against bags and stuff. But to see him doing that kind of thing um, near the end of spring practice was great. So my concern level probably isn't as high right now. Now, now uh, Wilson, uh, I thought this is uh, like, you know, you look at all positions and, uh, you want to solidify those positions, and I want your take on um, a look at it. Uh, obviously, a rangy middle linebacker, and uh, Omar uh, Speets, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, he looked like he belonged from the first day uh, he transferred from Oregon State, uh, has started since his freshman year. I'm really optimistic with him. And then also looking at the come, uh, come August, uh, you know, the cornerback position, uh, there are many unknowns there uh, here at any other spot with uh, all the newcomers. Uh, but I want you to comment on Deuce Chestnut, <laughs> Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse. And I just think Omar Spates could be a big part of what we're counting on for the LSU Fighting Tigers. Omar is probably the most important transfer that they signed. After DeMario Tolan left, there was such little depth at inside linebacker. And, you know, you're moving Harold Perkins inside. You got Greg Penn, but there's just not a lot of options there that you feel really, really confident in being a starter. And it's certainly past, you know, those two. Omar comes in, and he's an instant impact kind of guy. He's been a starter since his freshman year at Oregon State. He can do a lot of different things in terms of lining up over guys in the slot, playing, blitzing you know, up the middle, being a little bit more of a traditional inside backer to a degree. And that you know, really fits with what Matt House loves to do defensively in terms of moving guys around. And we saw it for a second in the spring game, even though it was all very vanilla. You know, having him and Harold inside uh, together, they, sometimes one of them would be in the middle with one of them lined up over the slot. And, or you know, Harold would come off the edge and Omar would be in the middle. They'd both just be you know, playing kind of inside the box. And so uh, Omar's incredibly important. And Deuce could end up being as well. You know, we didn't get to see him during the spring. He was out with an injury. But he's the most experienced corner transfer who they brought in, somebody who I feel like could start, you know, right away because of his experience. Um, we haven't gotten a, a look to see exactly if he's going to be able to do that after transferring from Syracuse. But he was a, a two-year starter for, for the Orange and played a lot of ball. And so um, as LSU tries to figure out what it's doing at corner, which at this point 
from every conversation I've had, they still don't exactly know who's going to be starting there. Deuce Tesson's going to have a good chance to be getting on the field. Yeah, yeah, you know, Wilson's uh, far from being settled. Before um, Mike chimes in, uh, I'm looking at another area uh, because it could, it could come down to whether you make uh, the winning field goal or not. Uh, where are we at as far as the battle, as far as the kicker position? That was the uh, question I was because uh, is that what? You, yeah, yeah, that no, was that the can, question I was going to ask. No, it, it, do you it, feel it, confident? Yeah, yeah, because like, uh, do you make the kick or you miss it? That could be. The, you know, when you're in the postseason, whatever, they, whether you win or lose. I mean, uh, you know, you get kind of small with the kicker, but is, is that important? LSU is in the midst of a competition at kicker that is maybe <laughs> the most important that's not being talked about really right now because special teams can get often get overlooked um, in the grand scheme of things until you see a glaring issue. LSU has Damian Ramos and Nathan Dybert are its uh, main kickers, you know, at least during the spring. And, um, they brought in a, uh, a walk on a preferred walk on, I think, but um, those are the two coming out of spring that you know are going to be in the midst of this thing in preseason camp. And it looked rough during the spring game with them both missing forty plus yarders. Um, so we don't know what they did all all spring, but um, you know Brian Kelly said that they have a competition. And Ramos was fairly steady at times last year. There were some concerns with a low trajectory with his kicks. He did always, of course, make that forty seven yarder against Florida that was really key in that win. Um, but he's going to have to hold off Divert, and the Divers also going to have to unseat him. There were just there wasn't uh, a lot right. of strength there and confidence coming out of that uh, the spring, and so that's going to have to be figured out. Yeah, well, Divert got talent. I just don't know if he can kick it straight, Wilson. I'll be honest, uh, he's talented, but I don't know if he can kick it straight. Well, Ross, I, I get the fact that you know last year he got into like a little groove. He was pretty no, good. No, you, 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 when you look, but man, uh, he didn't impress well, me well, a, well, well, heck well, of a lot. But Mike, more, uh, so. but you look at Damian uh, Ramos and uh, Wilson. He went ten of fourteen Team. on field goals, uh, including he had that uh, forty-seven yard against Florida. He got in a groove, yeah, yeah, but so. he's like a golfer, uh, man. You know, he can he's going to hit it into the and, woods. And, and, and you know, Wilson, along those lines, uh, I'm looking at. Uh, because you can never be a weak link. I mean, I don't know who's the returner. Who's a punter, kick returner? Now, you look at Aaron Anderson, what he missed spring practice after undergoing, uh, I think he had a procedure on his knee. Uh, but, uh, you know, what's going to come about with that? Uh, who's the kick, punt returner? Both problem areas all last season. I mean, you know, all of that comes into play when you want to be where you, uh, where you have to get as far as field position, hitting yardage and all that. So we talk about the kicker and all that, but also the return game has to be a factor. Wilson, uh, I'm going to let you answer. One of the things, we had Brian Kelly on, and I asked him about that, and he brought up Aaron's name right off the bat, and he said, Mike, do not count out Kyle Parker. And he said it twice. Do not count out the freshman Kyle Parker. He said because he is not only in the mix, he's in the middle of the mix. And I get what he was saying as he was trying to put it down that, hey, I'm not just handing this to, to Anderson. Uh, Kyle Parker is going to give him a lot of competition. Absolutely. Adrian Anderson you know, was signed in part to sort of be the solution at returner, but it's not something like any other position LSU has. It's going to get handed to him. That's not the way that this staff operates. And especially because he missed all of spring ball and he really missed his entire freshman year. He's got to go out and prove it that he can can do it. And, you know, if they saw what if he does what they he did in high school, then the, he'll probably you know be end up end up being the returner. But yeah, Kyle yeah. Parker has been firmly in the mix uh, throughout the spring. 
Um, we saw him, you know, try to uh, return a few during the spring game. Uh, he's an exciting freshman. Um, he's really built well for for already, you know, just for the age that he's at. Um, and it seems like he does a good job once he gets the ball in his hands and, and you know, maybe, you know, weaving up field and all that. Um, but also don't count out Gregory Clayton. You know, everybody, you know, he was sort of the – the safety option there, per se, but he, he's got a little athleticism to him. And um, worst case scenario, he sort of proved, I think, last year that he can just catch the ball. And if LSU just needs somebody back there who they feel they can trust to just have a safe return, um, he, he'll be there too. And then when it comes to kick return, um, I'm not sure exactly how LSU divides them up, but, you know, at this point anyway, in terms of who they're looking at between kick return and punt return, if all those three guys can possibly be kick returners as well. Uh, I think we saw Gregory Clayton back there uh, too during the spring game, but no, Kane would also be maybe back there as the one. You know, that, you know have, to have the kind of the two offset returners. Right. Um, he's usually one of the ones back there too. Now, uh, Wilson, uh, uh, what is your take? Uh, because I know Coach Kelly, uh, just looking at the progression, you're going from college to the NFL. You look at the offensive line, but you look at tight ends. I mean, we all know when Mason Taylor, what he accomplished. So what is your, your take on that? Because I think uh, if they have the uh, ability and the potential with the players who are skilled, uh, they would use multiple uh, tight end sets. Uh, then So when you look at, okay, am I going to count on a young guy? Am I going to count on a, a veteran transfer or whatever? We all know about uh, Mason Taylor, but I look at Mac Markaway, uh, the freshman, Jackson uh, McGowan, also a freshman. What is your take on that? Because, I mean, uh, I, I, my understanding uh, I, I look at, um, like, when you look at, like, uh, like, I mean, who could contribute as a run blocker? Because, you know, when you're trying to set the edge and you look, uh, McGowan has shown uh, promise as a pass catcher. But what is your take on that position? Because the one thing uh, that you go back to Notre Dame, uh, that offensive line and tight ends, uh, Coach Kelly has definitely produced those type players. Well, as the roster stands right now, um, it would be Mac Markway would probably be sort of their situational run blocker in a two tight end set. He's six four. He's muscular. He, he's well built as a run blocker, and has showed some ability to do that early on in the spring. Uh, you know, he was actually somebody who uh, hasn't played a whole lot of, of high school football because he had an injury um, his junior season. So LSU said, "Well, hey, why don't you just sit out your senior year and train." And he's part of a you know football family, so he just trained and trained and trained, and now he sort of looks like he can handle you know blocking the people he would on the edge in the SEC. McGohan would maybe come in as a pass catcher in those kind of tight end sets, but also Kamorian Timpson, who would, uh, he's six six with a massive catch radius, uh, looks like just a really interesting kind of prospect, and somebody that um, Mike Dimbrock said that he can't wait to get his hands on once he's here in the summer. He could also sort of be in like a red zone situation, you know, just go up and get the ball kind of player uh, early on. So they'll piece together with those freshmen alongside Mason Taylor in any sort of two tight end sets. Um, they could also end up going out and finding a transfer. If there's one in the pool that they like, they've been interested in getting a veteran tight end to kind of round out that group. Um, but it's hard to find the right kind of person um, who would also be okay with, you know, sort of being a complimentary piece you know, with Mason Taylor back as the starter. So that's kind of how it stands right now. Those freshmen, they like. They, they're more than they thought they would be at this point. Um, and so they can probably fit into certain situations um, based on what they do best. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it, buddy. And uh, we'll talk real soon. And, uh, man, summer drills right around the corner. All right. Thanks, Wilson.
Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bobby. All righty. Wilson Alexander covers the LSU Fighting Tigers for The Advocate and NOLA.com. Does a fantastic job. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.